Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. We're back with Paula Pennebaker, Executive Director, and Martha Berry, Racial Justice Director at the YWCA Southeast Wisconsin. In Episode 1, Paula and Martha introduced us to the Unlearning Racism Tools for Action course. Today we will hear about some successes, the prerequisites for taking the class, and some small things that we can all do to start addressing and unlearning our own racism. Are there any prerequisites for those who participate in the program? Do you have to be white to participate in unlearning racism? No, but it helps. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say the only prerequisite is an open mind. Well, an open heart, an open spirit. I mean, I think there's a way that some people come in sometimes feeling very fearful of how they're going to be attacked for their position, their thinking, And so the only prerequisite is to be open, to really be open to new information, new awareness, new people, new perspectives, uh, new information, and and to take that in and make it your own and find a way to make sense out of things. Beyond that, uh, well, and the ability to be able to pay the fee. There is a fee involved. Yeah. Yeah, we do... It, you know, it is a means for us to create income for the organization. Uh, it's very undervalued in terms of the cost. It is very undervalued. And I think it's interesting that people don't expect a nonprofit to be concerned with that. It's like we have a, a what I believe, what I know to be a quality product. And... If we were a for-profit organization, our shareholders would expect us to price it accordingly. But because we're a nonprofit, people often expect us to give it away. You know that that. So in the early days, it's stopped though. In recent years, in the early days, people always were looking for a way for us to, and we were. We would try to find ways to make it more economical for people, but then it just got to the point where I'm like, no, no, this is what it costs. You'll have to find a way. And, and as people you s- have found a way. And as you said, a lot of the people who participate in the class uh, come to it through their workplace, mm-hmm. um, which again, mm-hmm. a lot of times is a for-profit business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think. But, yeah, there's no prerequisite. I think Martha's hit all of the the things, you know, the qualities on the head. If a person person comes with an open mind, they will leave with tools if they come with an open mind. We've We've had people who come and they think they know everything and they, they don't, they don't want to learn or they want to explain away everything or they have a way to intellectualize the content and, and make it fit a, a, a frame that helps them stay in the space that they're in. And that's okay. That's who they are. That's what they want to be. 
but I think the majority of the people that come really do want to learn and they want to see things different and they want to be a part of the solution. They really do. I think that's the class, and it has grown every year since we started. We used to have really small groups, you know, as small as seven or eight people when we first started. And every year it's grown, and more and more people have started to attend. This last group, we had 44, mm -hmm. 45 people in attendance. Um, so more and more people want to be a part of the solution. So, Martha, you talked a little bit about this. You encourage everyone who participates in Unlearning Racism to create an action plan for after the class is over, either to take back to their personal lives or take back to their professional lives. What are some of the successes you've witnessed out of that exercise? Yeah, I think the, the thing, the success story that I think of, it, there's lots of them, but I think it's when people want to keep doing something about it so that it becomes, they're the people that are going to speak up and be a part of and say, I'm going to commit myself to figuring out how to be a part of this, whatever it is. You know, like if I'm taking on racial profiling, how do I get to where I'm, I'm part of the, the group that's saying this is what has to change. So I'm not standing on the sidelines watching other people take action. I've decided to throw myself in the middle of things. And that doesn't mean that people have to be marching in the streets. That's not for everybody. And we don't need everybody in the streets. I mean, some people need to be the ones who are like, I'm all about policy and let me at it. I'm going to read through it. Tell me what the bill is. I'll read the whole thing and I'll come back and tell you what needs to happen. So we need people that are writers and thinkers and believers in change because I think sometimes uh, we get hopeless in places that are useless to actually trying to change outcomes. And um, we need people who can help us at that moment when we need somebody who can think and write and do something that's going to move us in a different direction. In addition to you need people out in the streets, you know, screaming and yelling and saying this isn't okay. This isn't okay and we have to do something to change it. You know, we're in a community in crisis when you look at so many of the disparities from unemployment to um, housing to infant mortality to you just name the issue, transportation, and we have got disparities so we can't sit back and go, somebody else is going to solve this. I have to be part of it. What would that look like? It's about getting everybody to understand the sense of urgency needed to address the problems um, is, is a challenge. When, you know, when you're talking to people that have no concept of, of what the challenges are or that want to just say, well, Paula, that's, that's just too big. What do you say to people when they say that? Well, if we don't start trying, nothing will change. Yeah, it's big. We don't ever try to minimize the enormous nature of the challenge. It is huge. But if we don't try, then we can be assured of the fact that nothing will change. Yeah, I try to use a lot of analogies in those moments to help people understand that young people don't um, wake up one day and just walk. They don't wake up one day and just um, 
get fed all kinds of misinformation and suddenly know that was wrong. My teacher taught me wrong. You know, I think there's a way that we have to we have to have a little compassion with each other in moving on this journey, but at the same time saying, and it's not okay, you can't sit back. You have to be you have to be on this. You know, the what how did Howard Zinn say that you can't be neutral on a moving train? Wasn't it him that said Something that? like that. Yeah. yeah. That um, when things are happening, you have to be you have to make the decision to be a part of what's going on. And there's plenty of people that are gonna stand on the sidelines. Those are not necessarily people we're gonna bring in. But if someone decides to be a part of what needs to change, be different, be solved, then let, the tent's big enough. You know, there's room for everybody. So how do we get people to understand sitting and moaning and complaining and it's too big, it's too much, it's too, really probably has some early kernel of how it felt growing up. You know, that, that people were not always thoughtful about young people and what they were trying to figure out at that moment. So we need to go back and figure out how to get rid of that notion that's in your head so that you can be a part of, well, we've always done it this way. Well, has that, and how's that been working for you? So let's try something different. You know, banging your head against the wall and you end and go, boy, I feel so much better now. is isn't really what we're aiming for. So how do we get people to go, well, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. And so that's where bringing in lots of different voices and perspectives is helpful. It can be challenging, but it's good. Yeah. It's not easy work, but somebody's got to do it. On that note, what is a small step that a listener, see a listener, full-time job, a couple of kids, not a lot of time, what's a small step that a person can take to start or continue on the path toward unlearning their own racism? Well, I have lots of ideas, but I think um, it depends on the person because some people would listen to a podcast like this and go, oh, I might need to learn something. Other people need to read blogs and read outside of the normal things that you would, you know, if you're only reading the newspaper, you're missing, you know, many more multiple perspectives that are out there. So subscribe to different groups, um, newsletters, so it comes into your feed so you see the world from different perspectives. Um, Do you have some suggestions of what? Yeah, I encourage people to, like in Milwaukee, if you're not subscribing to Milwaukee Neighborhood News Service, you're not going to get a sense of the amazing things that are happening in neighborhoods. You're only going to hear the shooting that took place on the northwest side and the car, you know, the, the stuff that's the horrific stuff. I think it's fair and balanced reporting. I think they do a good job of talking and telling stories of everyday people's lives. So I think that's a, an excellent resource. But I'd be remiss if I didn't put a plug in for us in that we have a newsletter that comes out once a month that's called our 2038 newsletter. And people are like, what that 2038 have to do with? We did a summit in 2013 and said to ourselves, we have got to figure out how to get off some of the worst lists for every one of the disparities. So we're going to give ourselves 25 years to look at and try to decrease the disparities and get us off some of those lists. So the 2038 newsletter came into being, and it's an opportunity for us to put good information out there and events that are happening and then blog on something ourselves to talk about an issue. I think it depends on how how people get their information, broadening whatever avenues they use under normal circumstances to include avenues that will give them more diverse information. 
So, you know, some of what Marcus said, maybe you find out, it, maybe movies are a good way for you to learn things. Look at, there, there's some really good movies that can spur conversation. Grand Canyon is a movie, I think, that's really good to get people to talk. Watch Grand Canyon with some friends and talk about it. What, what's it mean to you? What's that story about? Well, and I was just thinking, read outside things that you would normally read. So uh, examine who the author is and examine why the, you know, if you're reading books to children, who are the authors and what do the pictures look like and why do they look that way and why do I not know what I should know by now, you know, as an adult? Or read an author that you wouldn't otherwise pick out as somebody that I could learn from because I don't need to read that, you know? And that's when you start to realize, oh, my world is way smaller than I want it to be and I, that's not a long-term goal for me. So how do I find authors and movies and and TV shows, anything that's slightly outside the norm. Why do I continue to go to church in the same place that I always do because I'm comfortable? I'm, I, okay, you know, I could go find a Methodist church over here. I could find a Catholic church over here that's going to be a totally different crowd, and I'm going to feel completely uncomfortable for that entire hour, and I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, find things that are maybe slightly in that spot where Brian Stevenson, who we had come speak this spring, talked about being proximate to injustice so that you can see it and actually do something, but be uncomfortable so that you can figure out that something, I need to be uncomfortable or otherwise I'm just going to sit back and think everything's fine. I need to be uncomfortable if I'm going to change anything. Anything you'd add? No, I think, I think that's what this class, this, this is the gift of this class is it opens doors for people to think in ways that they would not otherwise have thought. That was Paula Pennebaker, Executive Director, and Martha Berry, Racial Justice Director at YWCA Southeast Wisconsin. For more information on Unlearning Racism, Tools for Action, YWCA, and some of the resources shared, check out the accompanying blog post for this episode. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, and Brian McCaig. Special thanks to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. For more information on Living Local, including how you can advertise your business on our show, visit our webpage, unitedwaygmwc.org podcast.